1: Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We're really glad to have this guy back. His name is Matt Whitaker. He's the former acting attorney general in the United States of America. Matt, good to see you. How are you? Joe, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. You are doing great. I see you on television all over the place. If you want to see the, t- the television hits that he does, and he's doing a ton of them on all the Newsmax, Fox, everywhere, go to uh, Whitaker.tv, Whitaker.tv and go check him out there. Matt, I-, I thought about you when I was talking to my, my daughter, who's my executive producer, my sister, my booker. Um, and, uh, and I said, we've got to get mad on because I'm not sure I understand why we are living in such a lawless society and a society that is being groomed basically by this government. In other words, we, we've got laws in the books, Matt, laws that you take seriously, laws that I take seriously, but this administration doesn't seem to think laws matter. When you were in that job, wasn't that your job to make sure we were enforcing what was on the books from Congress and signed into law?
2: yeah and not only not only enforcing the laws and following the laws but you know making sure that we played our constitutional role you know i've been reflecting a lot on the constitution um that's still relevant uh, even this far removed from its uh you know putting in place because If you read uh, the design, the executive is not supposed to have unlimited and unfettered power. And that's what Joe Biden and Democrats want uh, when they're in charge. And obviously, we fought a lot when when I was with President Trump, um, you know, to make sure that we had adequate powers, but not too many. Because, again, every branch has an important role to play.
1: What's interesting about what you just said is I think the founding fathers were so prescient in exactly how this country was going to unfold if we didn't have co-equal balance between the branches. The executive branches you you just alluded to can do anything now. It seems as though if I just stroke a pen on an executive order, I can change all the laws that are on the books about the border, all the laws that are on the books about going to the Capitol, all the laws that are on the books about uh, challenging delegates. It doesn't make any sense because those laws are real. When Trump was in office and when you worked for him, he said, I see what the laws are, about immigration. I see what the laws are about the border. Let's do them. And then he did. And what happened was we had the lowest immigration, illegal immigration into this country in 60, 70 years. The second Biden came in, he signed 41 different executive orders that basically said, I'm the king and I'm going to make these laws go away. How is that? Okay.
2: Well, it's not. And I think one of the most important, uh, you know, again, there's, there's a bunch of laws we have in place and I'm just going to highlight two. One is it's uh, your first illegal entry into our country is a misdemeanor. Your second or more is a felony. You know, that was uh, one of the things that we made sure we enforced that law. And, you know, and it's something as when I was U.S. Attorney in the Bush administration, we enforced. The second thing is, is you're not uh, entitled to apply for asylum if you don't enter through a port of entry. Right now, we have people just coming through wherever they want and, and, you know, claiming uh, asylum. And that is again it's it's a crime that's been committed and second it's not a legitimate uh place or way to apply for asylum and i think those two laws in and of themselves and remember we put in all sorts of great policies that limited um the flow of illegal people and ultimately uh contraband including fentanyl and cocaine and marijuana although that's mostly coming from colorado and california now true unfortunately but methamphetamine for sure um, that's you know that's what the reality is on the border, and I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm sad. I was just talking today for my show Liberty and Justice with the uh, Attorney General for South Dakota, and you know he's feeling the problems at the border as far. That far north. So it's, that crazy. it's affecting every
1: American. And I'm sitting here in Texas and we're feeling it, of course, we're, we're the first line of defense. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the line of defense is very hard to do. And the federal government is arguing with the state government about what to do. Um, but, but it's very interesting what you just said. Uh, you just basically followed the law. And, and that's really what you have to do. Isn't there any recourse by Congress, by the judiciary, by anybody to, set, to tell the executive, stop it? You can't ignore ignore the law. They're using a provision in the Constitution, as you know, that says that the central government will deal with naturalization. And now what they're doing, Matt, I think you probably know this, they're using NGOs in Mexico, non-governmental organizations, to sign these people up already for asylum papers before they ever cross the border. And now they don't have to count those as illegal crossings because allegedly they have permission from somebody who wasn't even with our government. How is any of this okay? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's only okay
2: because uh the administration in place, uh Joe Biden and and Mayorkas and and those folks are saying uh that that's okay as a, as a process. It's, obviously, it's it's not a legitimate process, but they've given it the imprimatur of legitimacy and it's it's awful. Uh, it's um, it's not going to stand. The American people aren't going to stand for it. And going back to your, you know, kind of the original questions, what can Congress do? I think there's a lot of things if they're willing to stand up. I think Congress can certainly, uh, especially the Republicans in the House, can certainly um, bring a lot of pressure to bear, including budgetary pressure um, to make this administration enforce the laws. And, you know, remember, this is this is the classic. Joe Biden learned it at the knee of President Obama, who right. talked about his phone and his pen, which really meant he was going to act, exercise his prosecutorial discretion. Uh, you get to a point where there's so many laws to enforce, and there's so lim- you know there's limited resources that you can only do so much. But at some point in time, uh, you reach the point now where it's not prosecutorial discretion. You're not trying to choose between crime A and crime B. You're changing federal law and federal policy. To your point. Uh, to serve a political agenda. And it's a true perversion of kind of what our founding fathers set up and the coequal branches uh, and and really the tension between those branches and the states. I wanted to get to that point, Joe. I think it's so important that our founding fathers just didn't say we're going to have a house and senate, they're going to be, you know, have different representation rules. We're going to have a judiciary, we're going to have a president, but he also said we're going to have states and a federal government that are also at tension. And I think that's especially in, you know, like you said in
1: Texas. That's where we're seeing that play out in real time. And the tension is real, and it's on purpose. And, and I think that Texas has done a little bit more than other states, But and I love Greg Abbott. He's a friend. He was the attorney general here before he became the governor. But at the end of the day, he, he, he claims there's an invasion, but we are, still aren't doing anything as far as enforcement. I think we should be able to, the National Guard of Texas or the, D, the, the Texas DPS, should be able to arrest these people, walk them back to the border, and say, head south. And if they don't head south, then, you know, we can have an argument between the central government and Texas, but it is harming Texas exponentially worse than anybody else. I mean, that tension that we talk about, Matt, is that your belief, like it is mine, that the states can literally enforce their border um, laws because we're being invaded. There's actually a clause in the Constitution that says if your state's being invaded, you can take action.
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I've studied that and I've consulted with both um, elected officials and candidates uh, for office about that and the, what they can do, um, in this situation. And I think, um, to some extent it, it's, it boils down to a matter of money. I mean, the, yeah. the governors and the states have a lot of ability. They can use the national guard. Um, but then they have to pay for that national guard and you know that it's expensive. And it then the, the other thing is what assets can they use? Cause most of the trucks and planes and helicopters are ultimately the, the, um, the federal government paid for those assets, and so uh, you, there were some interesting issues. And in each state's different. And I think Texas obviously has a very well-funded National Guard, but there are there there are ways that a a governor and a state uh, can ultimately uh, use their resources to do border enforcement. It's it's really ultimately just a, a more a matter of political will. I think the law ultimately is on their side.
1: It's a uh, former U.S. Attorney General, Acting Attorney General, Matt Whitaker. Go to Whitaker.tv, Whitaker.tv. Follow him everywhere on social media as well. One last question about that: Is the Attorney General, the top cop, the leader of the DOJ, I know that you're not the leader of the DHS. I get that. And there's separate branches or they're separate uh, offices. But do you, as the top law enforcement officer, have the ability? Uh, I'll tell you why I'm asking the question. Let's say Trump wins in 24, and he says, "Matt, I need you to be my guy, my AG." And you say, "Okay, Mr. Trump, I'll do it." Do you now have the ability to find the five million illegals that came here and enforce the law and deport them? Because 80 to 90 percent, as you know, will not be approved for asylum.
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, obviously, there's a there's a collaboration between the federal and state law enforcement agencies, uh, primarily ICE. Uh, has the jurisdiction to uh, do interior enforcement of the immigration laws. Uh, The interesting role that the DOJ plays in addition to, you know, sort of the, uh, for example, the ATF enforcing the firearm laws and the FBI just doing general criminal and terroristic type uh, investigations uh, is the interesting thing there is, you are also the lawyer for the government. And so our Office of Legal Counsel gives all the opinions to all of the agencies and the White House about what the law is. And that's where you know we spent a lot of time um, you know, making sure that the DHS and the White House and everyone else involved understood that we had a lot of latitude in the enforcement of the immigration laws and we could do
1: more. I've got to get into the Chinese balloon in a second, but before I do, let's talk about the weaponization of the FBI. As the AG, you would not have allowed this to happen. I believe that you would not have allowed it to happen. And if it were if it were trying, attempted under you, you squelched it. Now we're seeing the, the, the DOJ use its power, which is mighty, to go out and arrest people that are praying at abortion clinics, to go in and, and call domestic terrorists parents that just want to have a say in the curriculum for their kids in school at school board meetings. The weaponization is no longer hidden; they're now saying it out loud. What would you do should you if you were the a g right now to stop this?
2: yeah well you know the the in in public policy the skills uh that you need uh endure and transfer the issue sets sometimes don't so what the issue would be in a new republican administration in twenty twenty five is different than what we're facing now but your the point is absolutely well made and that, that is is we cannot use federal law enforcement against American citizens who are exercising their constitutional rights and especially the first amendment rights. I think this has been, uh, happening. There's been a, especially a, a, a dramatic lurch under, uh, Merrick Garland and Joe Biden as to what they are using the FBI for. And ultimately it boils down to leadership and it you know, boils down to somebody like Chris Reyes director and his management team uh, that are letting this happen. Um, he, I think came in with great promise, you know, Donald Trump appointed Chris Ray and right. I think had expectations he could clean that place up. Obviously um, I think we all ended up being pretty frustrated that Chris wasn't able to change the culture, but you're seeing um, small changes. You're seeing people kind of being plucked out. You saw the FBI agent indicted, um, you know, for, t- uh, you know, close ties to uh, foreign, you know, kind of corrupt, you um, governments. And so, I mean, I think, right. I think it's, I think it's cleaning up. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's painfully slow and so frustrating
1: and watching it from the outside is, is even double frustrating. And the depth of it is beyond my imagination. I'm sure it's uh, Matt Whitaker, former acting attorney general, of the United States of America, go to TV. Let's talk about the Chinese balloon. We've got, um, the left now and the Biden administration has put out this narrative that it happened three times while Trump was in office. And people who don't even like Trump, like John Bolton, said that never happened. What are they talking about? Ratcliffe says it never happened. Um, everybody down the line, Trump says nobody ever told me if that happened. So, when you were in in uh, in that administration, were you aware of Chinese spy balloons flying over our country?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, my colleagues, um, you know, Mike Pompeo and and John Ratcliffe and um, you know uh, former DNI. Um, officials have all said that it didn't happen and i would join uh my voice to that you know i looked at a lot of intelligence regarding china it was an interest of mine i was especially interested in uh the fentanyl uh that was coming in from china at the time I, i went to china to uh confront them on that when i was chief of staff and met with high level law enforcement officials we got them to schedule Uh, fentanyl. And then the precursors are now being shipped to Mexican labs where it's being produced. But um, small victory, I understand. But, you know, we just we had no nobody believes at this point in time that there were Chinese spy balloons flying over the United States during the Trump administration. That is just a uh, complete fabrication by this administration to sort of say, well, you know, we're not the only ones that screwed this up. I mean, let's 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 can you imagine Donald Trump if he found out that a Chinese spy balloon had entered the montana airspace? I mean you know you we all know what he would have done, yeah, it would have been done uh, yeah. and so it's just it's the whole thing is ludicrous to suggest that this
1: trump well, well, I, I'm glad that you, that you went there and that you said that because nobody but nobody, and whether they liked him or didn't like him, nobody has said that it happened. And uh, so, so far, uh, they're just making it up to make Biden look, well, not, what's the big deal? It always happens. It's Matt Whitaker. Matt, we, we've seen the flight of this balloon from Beijing through the entirety of the Pacific. Have you been to China? I have. I've been, I've been to China as well. I, uh, we adopted our daughter, Gia, there. And it takes a really long time on a plane. A balloon had to take forever to get from China to Alaska, we had to know that it was on the way over here. And then when it gets into a, right before it goes into Alaskan airspace, which it did, why didn't we blow it out of the sky then in the, over the Pacific it, it, as somebody who was in intelligence and who was at the DOJ, they should have, they, they saw this coming, right? They can't pretend they didn't know. Uh, oh yeah. No.
2: Well, it's it either way is a complete uh, indictment of the Biden administration's incompetence because yes. Either they knew it was in our airspace and, and were following it, or they didn't know and were surprised. Uh, Both you know, are bad, yeah. It's the whole reason we have NORAD. Uh, you know, to, flying to China, I like to say, you know, it's it's lunch, dinner, two movies, and you still have eight hours to go. Exactly so right. Um, yeah. It's a long, brutal flight. The only thing that's worse is my flight to Australia last year. That was <laughs> even imagine. longer. Right.
1: But, but, but the bottom line you're saying here is they're incompetent either way. Either they knew it and yeah. did nothing about it, or they didn't know it, which is horrible. How could you not know? But once they're over in Montana, and the governor of Montana was on with Tucker Carlson the other night, and he said, I was all for them shooting it down over Montana. Hell, we can, we can open as big a space as they need in Montana. We've got a million people in the whole state. So, uh, yes, shoot it down as soon as it's anywhere near uh, where it can grab some intelligence and information. Biden says he told them to shoot it down they, uh, when, when it's safe. And that he was overruled or something by, by the military members who said, hey, let's "Wait, let's wait until it gets over the Atlantic." Yeah. Now, this sucker was over our country for a week and right. just doing anything it wanted to do. You know that they were sending it back real time via satellite. What what was the thought process? Uh, what do you think I happened don't, here?
2: I don't know. I, I thought you know one of the things that I found interesting uh, as you know post shooting down is that the debris field is nine football fields long and wide. That's not very much space, right? And, you know, we all saw it, the video of it shot down and it came pretty much straight down. Um, and they should have shot it down over Montana. I just, you know, uh, they need to explain their decision making process. You know, one of the interesting legal projects I and, uh, was asked to look into uh, during that week of the Chinese balloon is whether a governor has the authority to shoot down. Um, Good question. The, the balloon. Uh, you know, I think I. I I talked to some of my military uh, legal experts and did some research and and read the Constitution. I don't think a governor has that power, Um, uh, but uh, I think it's an interesting question, and I would have been bold if a governor did exemplify that leadership uh, because that's what we need. We need people that can make decisions. And not I mean it 's very clear that Joe Biden cannot make a decision that he hand rings uh, he allegedly knew about this balloon for four days before he decided to shoot it down, and really ultimately it wasn't until the political pressure of the American people and the common sense of the American people right. saying, "What are we doing? This is stupid. Why would we let this thing fly all the way across from Alaska to?" the
1: Carolinas uh, before we shoot this thing down. It makes no sense. It's Matt Whitaker. Matt, I could talk to you for two hours. I've got 10 seconds, just in a sentence or two. What was China trying to do here? Was it truly a trial balloon? I think they were doing two things. I think they were trying to gather as much intel as they could
2: uh, about our nuclear uh, sites, including our airplane uh, and silos. But they're also, they wanted to see how we make decisions. And they wanted to see uh, this is a way
1: that they can learn about us in a way that probably they couldn't have otherwise. Sadly. It's uh, Whitaker.tv, Whitaker.tv. Matt Whitaker, thanks a million. I really appreciate you. Come back soon, all right?
2: Thank you. It's good to see you again, my friend.
1: We're back after this. Stay right here.
0: Joe Pags. This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: Really appreciate Matt Whitaker coming on, the former acting attorney general of the great uh, United States of America. He verifies that there were none of these balloons flying around when Trump was in office. If there were, nobody there knew about it, which is kind of crazy. Sounds like the Biden administration is making it up to cover the rear ends. Keep it here. Much more to come, including Dr. Simone Gold next hour. Stay here.
0: This is The Joe Pegg Show.